Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Those that have listened to this podcast for a long time remember a few seasons back, Wednesday wasn't Wednesday at all. We called it Brandon Day. And I'm here to bring you a different piece of news on this Wednesday. First of all, this is in-season episode number eight. I don't know why I'm tracking it, but I'm going to try to do it, so screw it all. Uh, Wednesday for this season is Dirty Steve Day. What's up, Dirty Steve? <laughs> I'm gonna... How's it going? Uh, happy to be on your pod as usual um, and excited to talk some some buy low, sell highs. One of my favorite things about the old uh, Brandon Day was that because we said it so often and because there wasn't like with you obviously when i say dirty steve day people know that your last name is not day but there was a a lot of folks thought that brandon's last name was day so he got (laughs) a bunch of posts on twitter that were like brandon day what's up man like how are you doing he's like my last name is marcus the day is for the day of the week but that's cool man and i thought that was just chef's kiss hilarious um this is well, maybe i'll get maybe i'll get dirty steve maybe dirty. people will think my last <laughs> name so. steve my first name's dirty yeah well isn't it <laughs> i'll <laughs> leave that up for interpretation yeah well dirty steve is on the show today he is at <laughs> stefan vidovich on twitter uh we'll make sure to tag him because that's easier to do than spelling it out but i'm gonna do it anyway s-t-e-p-h-e-n-v-i-d-o-v-i-c-h i am dan vespers and this is fantasy nba today Welcome to the show, everybody. We got some buy lows and sell highs for you on this lovely Wednesday. A little Tuesday recap coming towards the end of the show as well. And Steve, you can actually just launch us right into this thing because you've done the homework uh, for this show. And I've sat on my thumb while waiting for you to do said homework. And I can just react like a live studio audience. Do you want to start with a buy low or a sell high? You know, I'm going to start with a buy low. um, And uh, this might actually tie into one of the sell highs later on Uh, they actually even play for the same team but uh my first buy low is going to be trey young uh now trey Mm. has gotten off to a very rough start to the season because of his field goal percent uh he's shooting um in the low 30s right now uh it's just not going to last um i think there might be some fantasy managers who are hesitant to have him rostered because of uh, the arrival of DeJounte Murray to town. Maybe they, they're um, getting a little scared about Trey. Uh, I think Trey's absolutely going to be fine. I think he's going to finish uh, in the first round of value. It's only been a few games. Uh, field goal percent tends to do that um, where you have uh, a rough shooting start to the season. Um, so I am my first buy low is Trey Young just because of that horrendous field goal percent that he's been on to start the year yeah 24 shots per game at 32 percent i believe he is currently the single worst field goal percent by volume guy in the nba so that is a i mean that makes it a relatively clean suggestion um so this is the hard part of this now dirty steve i'm gonna put you kind of on the spot like People that drafted Trey Young probably did so between pick 10 and pick 14, right? Somewhere in that range this year. What do you think it would take to get him? Because obviously you're not going to get him for, what's he at? He's ranked 57th right now. And if his field goal percent was like mid 40s, he would jump into the top 20 with that alone. And pretty much no other changes need to happen. But do you think you could get him with 
I don't know, a, a vastly overperforming third rounder. I feel like it's going to take a good second, even still, to pry him loose. What about you? Yeah, you know, I actually came up with a name uh, that I think might be able to get him. Um, and that guy is Paul George. Um, Paul George isn't quite producing like a second rounder right now, but he's playing much better than Trey through three games. Um, so I think a guy like Paul George would be a reasonable uh, player to sell for Trey Young. You're not getting uh, an amazing amount of upgrade in value, but you are getting an upgrade in value, in my opinion. I think it works for both teams. Um, I, if you, you try to sell a guy like Andrew Wiggins, you know, it's, it's just not going to happen. Um, that, like you said, you're not going to trade a guy uh, who you drafted in the first, second round for a guy that you drafted uh, closer to pick 100. So uh, that would be my take. My advice is someone in that Paul George range. First of all, I just want to say I love when a guest actually has a possible combo partner on the trade because I've, fans lose their minds when they're like, I want to buy low, but I have no idea who to give up. Let me ask you uh, an additional follow-up question on this Trey Young one, because this is this is a really interesting name. It's a huge name to be talking about. Uh, other guys in the top, say, 20 that have overperformed to this point and have name recognition. I would throw a couple of names out there. Uh, Shea is number two. I don't think. Do you think he would get it done? You can actually just do yes. I'll, we'll lightning round this one. Do you think Shea would get it done? Probably not, huh? I don't think only because of the tank factor in OKC. I'll say no. Freddie Van Fleet is number six right now. Would he get it done? Perhaps I would say I, I, worth a shot. I got one that you might say yes to. Ja, thirty-five points a game. He's number seven right now. Do you think he would get it done? Yes. Yeah, I do too. And would you do it? Would you give up Ja for Trey? Yes. Yeah, that might be the that might be the the one right there. Donovan Mitchell, he's number nine. I'm thinking he's probably a no, but. Pretty good start for him. Yeah, uh, that's tough. I would say he probably would not get it done, uh, but it might be worth a shot. And last one, this is a maybe, so I'm curious to th- to hear what you think. What about Devin Booker? He's gotten off to a great start, but there are some unsustainable things going on with him to this point. That's one I might yeah, try. He, he, I would, I would try that one, just like the Donovan Mitchell one. Uh, I. I uh, I think that those are kind of dependent on who the fantasy manager is on the other side of the on the other side of the ledger there. I think a lot of people would say no, but I think you have maybe like a 20 percent um, group of people that that might say yes to those. Ooh, wait, I got one more. What about LeBron? LeBron, I, I believe, would get it done. Um, and uh, although he finished as a first round value last year, I would say, yeah, I would do it. Yeah, that one, I'm on the fence on that one. I might, I think LeBron has a really good year, which I know is kind of dumb, but yeah, I, I might keep LeBron in that head-to-head match. I don't know. He's you know, the, the the father time gets me way more than it gets you, Dan. And, and you know, that that uh, goes without saying with the, the D-bomb, so. Um. <laughs> They're not as old this year as they usually are. <laughs> but, but I am pleased to announce that Brooke Lopez is currently the logo for the D-bombs after being, I think, the last. Yeah, he's like, what, 25? Yeah, he's number 20 right now, which is just absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. I cannot in a million years claim that I predicted that was going to happen. He was the second latest ADP guy on the old man squad, just in front of Kelly Olynyk, who's also off to a really nice start. But yeah, Brooke Lopez at 20 is 
<laughs> Does he make your sell high list? He's probably not on your <laughs> list today, but woof, is he a sell high? All right, give me. Uh, do you want to do a sell high or another buy low? Um, let's do. Let's switch. Let's go for a sell high. Um, and it's not Brooke Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> not Brooke Lopez. And I liked how I said he's 25, and I was joking about his age, but you were talking about his ADP. Oh yeah, his rank. Just said that all your D bombs are much younger this year, and then you mentioned Brooke Lopez. Yeah, so the oldest. Was... <laughs> he might be the oldest on the whole list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, this uh, sell high is a guy that I actually talked about on your show the last time I was on, mm. and I talked about him as a value uh, where he was getting drafted. And now I'm selling high on him. So I, I feel bad to, to go back and forth. But he's uh, absolutely gotten off to a rocket of a start, uh, mainly because of his defensive stats and his percentages. That's John Collins on the Hawks, a teammate of Trey Young. I was talking about earlier. Um, I think the defensive stats are uh, unsustainable, and I think that's a lot of the reason why he's as high as he is. I do think that he could – uh, finish the year as like a third round value so I do still think that he's a value on his ADP but first round is definitely um, a stretch for me uh, so I'd be looking to uh, sell high on John Collins uh, a guy that I actually if you could get somebody to switch I'd rather have Trey Young for John Collins so he's a guy um, that I would trade for uh, Trey Young if I could make that happen not sure if I could um, but probably not. I might give it a shot I think that one's a bit of a long shot, and so. But here's the thing: the the sell high is, yeah. I mean, there's absolutely no disagreement there. The, the thing about these buy lows and sell highs, and that's why I wanted to go through some of the names on the last one, is that there's such a weird. There, there's this mental element that, uh, what is a player's perceived value versus actual value, and kind of how those ideas come together to create what you could get back or what it would take, depending on whether or not you're buying low or selling high in a trade. So if you were going to now sell Collins, who is, like, what range is the lowest you would take back? Because that's kind of where you have to create your little, your end point. Okay, I'm selling high on this guy. He's a first rounder after three games. I don't think anybody believes he's going to stay in the first round. But like you said, like, this is a great start. Uh, folks drafted him near 60 on the idea that it was just going to be kind of a safe plodding along, like probably around 50 ranked guy who was just going to kind of quietly beat his ADP, but not by much. But after three giant games, people might think, hey, maybe he's going to beat his ADP by more than 10 slots. Maybe he's going to beat it by 20 or 25. And obviously with every great game he posts, that idea becomes a bit more solidified in a fantasy player's mind. I think I would feel comfortable selling John Collins and getting back someone that I believe is going to finish in the late 30s to early 40s. I think you're still making a tiny bit of profit there on him. Do you agree with that, or would you set your lower limit a little bit higher or a little bit lower? Yeah, no, I I, I would. First of all, I'm a huge John Collins fan. Um so I might be a little bit more biased on this one than I was on the Trey Young. I um, am looking at uh, current values, um, and there's a guy that plays uh, same position um, that I think could be attainable. So I'll just throw out a name of a guy that I think is on the uh, lower end of targets I'd be looking for for John Collins, uh, Nikola Vucevic. Mm, um, interesting. He's, 
he's a very boring player. Um, you know, a lot of these D bomb guys are probably, uh, there's something to, um, fantasy where you've had the player, everyone's had the player before. And so he's just boring and nobody wants him again because you've already done the rodeo with him. Whereas like buzzy names are a lot more exciting because you want, um, to get a guy on your team that you've never had before. You got beat by him the year before. So uh, Nikola Vucevic is a guy that's been uh, on a lot of teams. I think he uh, he's on a Bulls team that has absolutely no comp- competition uh, for minutes behind him. Um, so I kind of like the idea of trying to float out a John Collins for Nikola Vucevic offer. Let me give you a couple of names and we can do a little yay or nay kind of thing again with this one. Uh, okay. Would you give up? Do you think John Collins could get you Rudy Gobert right now? He's ranked 43rd. Do you think that would get it done? I think that that is worth a shot. Yes. Yeah. I'm Um, I'm wondering. I don't know if, I don't know if it does, but I also, I agree. I think that's kind of in the worth a shot mode. Sorry. I I jumped in on you there. Yeah. I, 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 I definitely think that one's worth a shot. Do you think he could get you Jimmy Butler? I doubt it. Maybe. Um, in head-to-head, he he might um, because of fear of missed games for Jimmy. Uh, that's that's a possibility. Do you think he could get you Desmond Bain? Yes. That's one I might consider. Um, do you think he could get you Terry Rozier? I think I would do that one, too, if I could. I, I would do it. I... Uh, might not work. <laughs> I don't know if that one would work, um, especially if someone is very much following the Hornets. Um, so I'm not sure if that one would work. But you know what? It's not a insult of an offer. Yeah, I'm trying to come up with names that wouldn't get you laughed right off the, the offer sheet. What about for Chris Paul? That'll probably get you laughed off the offer sheet, huh? Big name. I don't know if, but it, he's I don't know if it would. Yeah, I, I would try. Try yeah. it. Because CP3 yeah. shooting 37% when that comes up into the high 40s, he jumps from 33rd back into the second round easily. Yeah, and- Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I, I think John Collins, he's actually flashed fantasy, like great fantasy season. What was it? Three years ago. Um, so uh, I forgot exactly where he finished, but he finished quite high um, back true. in 1920 yeah. uh, on a per game value, not on a total basis. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, but, said, you said 1920. And just for the briefest moment, my mind was like, we played basketball in 1920. <laughs> Oh boy, I gotta, I gotta go ask him. See Abraham if he remembers when we used to play. 2019, 2000. Yeah, it took me a second there. Uh, yeah, I feel like he was in a second round for a while. Did he get hurt that season? Am I remembering? Yeah, that? yeah, he did get hurt that season. Mm. Uh, he only played in like I think 40 games or so, but uh, like a second. Rounder. I think the fact that he has uh, shown the ability to produce at a high level before might help you um, in your discussions with fellow uh, managers to try and make a deal done get done um i don't think any i don't even think a chris paul for john collins is an insult of an offer um so i I would i would try a lot of a lot of things obviously you're not going to try you know your top tier guys uh but anybody anybody who i you got in the um third round or later I think has a chance to get John Collins. Yeah, I totally agree on that one. 
It's Halloween season over at Manscaped.com. And you cannot have a terrifying body hair situation. So, lucky for you, we have a coupon code. It's Ethos20 or HoopBall20. They both work, I've been told, at Manscaped.com. Use Ethos20 at Manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping on your order. Say trick-or-treat to your beautiful new bod. Sleek like a Halloween dolphin with promo code Ethos20. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping. As I've said before, you can start big. You can go Performance Package 4.0. Get the whole ordeal. The holy grail of men's grooming items. The lawnmower, the weed whacker, all that good stuff. So let me just, again, like I know we do these Manscaped reads. I want to make very clear to you guys that their product is very good. We do a lot of silly stuff. They've got silly ad copy. We read silly things on a podcast. But at the end of the day, their trimmers are really excellent trimmers. I trimmed my neck hair with one yesterday because we had my youngest kids back to school night. I'm, I haven't shaved my beard in forever. I don't know why. I'm just lazy, I guess. Call it a run-up to the NBA season beard or a Dodgers playoff beard that completely failed if it was trying to make them not be terrible in the playoffs. Whatever it was, I look sort of rabbinic, uh, but you can't bring neck hair into a thing like that. You can get away with the, with the main beard. I have used their sideburn trimmer on my neck and back before. Um, it is just its just a great product. It's pinch-free. It's got a built-in LED to illuminate where you're shaving while you're shaving. It's sleek. It's got a sweet charging thing. Uh, it's just a good product. Like, a company made a sideburn trimmer that's good. You no longer have to get those crappy CVS sideburn trimmers anymore. Sorry, Remington. You've been displaced. So go do it. At least check them out. Promo code ETHOS20. 20% off free shipping over at Manscaped.com. Okay, two in the hopper now. You got a... Uh, you want to bounce back over to another buy low? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I got a guy who has definitely underperformed so far this year. Uh, he actually uh, was a member that beat my team, the Warriors, last night. Um and that's going to be Mikael Bridges. No, I uh, totally agree with you on this one. Yeah, I, I, I love the buy low here. The, the problem with a, a guy like Mikael Bridges is what can you get? Uh, what can you trade away to get a guy like him? Because a lot of people um, are keen on the fact that he's going to get back up to that, um, you know, at least top 50 value uh, on the year. Um, so what can you trade away for him? I think it's probably... For me, it's one of the more challenging ones of what you trade away to try and get him. Uh, maybe this is the type of guy where you try and go for a two-for-one um, and you give a, a couple of guys who are overperforming in, in exchange for Bridges and then that opens a streaming spot for you. Um, so, like, maybe you even go with, like, I don't know, uh, a Royce O'Neal. And I, could you do a Royce O'Neal and a Kevin Porter Jr. in exchange for – for a uh, Kevin Mikhail Bridges, honestly, Kevin Porter Jr. might get it done by himself right now. Well, if that if that's possible, I, I would do a Kevin Porter Jr. for Mikel Bridges straight up right now. I would look at the list of guys ranked between forty and sixty-five and see if any of those dudes are ones that we feel are going to slide down the board a little bit, and that's 
like Boyan Bogdanovich is 44. That's probably he's probably not going to get it done. Is there's just not I enough? Th- I don't think that one. Would no. Get it done, what Ivica Zubats is 42 on the shoulders of 3.3 blocks per game. That's worth a try, I think. I agree. Nick I agree. Claxton is 41. He's at 2.7 blocks per game. I think that's worth a try. Yes. Uh, some of these other names are probably not going to get it done. Jalen Brunson at 63. I might consider that one, although they probably... Keegan, Keegan Murray might get it done on Buzzy name. Yeah. He's never been on a roster before. Somebody really wants uh, him. Maybe they watched him in college. I, I think that one's worth a shot. Yeah. I agree with you on that one as well. Um, looking farther down the list, I'm not sure I see anybody that's super obvious there that would make it work. <laughs> Paolo, no one's going to want to trade Paolo away, but he would probably get it done. It's like a lot of buzz stats, but then the efficiency is going to creep in. Um, Absolutely, I would definitely try Paolo. Um, he's going to be more fun. Paolo's going to be more fun to have in head-to-head where the random fluctuations of the week-to-week don't hurt you quite as much, but Roto, those efficiency things are going to pile up and and like we're starting to see it already where uh everybody was either celebrating or mourning players after two really good or two really bad games and then it always levels off and like some of these are guys that i actually really like a lot larry markinen was one i talked about on the pod the last couple of days uh and i'm i'm really high on him he was on the old man squad but in the first round he was a first rounder after three games i'm like look this is gonna it's going to come back. One bad game, he dropped from number seven to number 37. That's like, we forget how fast players can move here in these first month of the year on the board. Like one good or bad game and guys jump 30, 40, 50 slots. So just keep that in mind. I agree with you on Mikhail Bridges. Give me Steve. By the way, again, talking to Steven Vidovich, our director of content here at Sports Ethos. Last name on your board. It is the final sell high of the day. Yeah, let me let me toss out. I'll toss out one more uh, guy that I think would be like a pretty equal comp. Oh, sure. Um, and it's it's a close one for Mikel Bridges, and I actually could see it going either way depending on uh, team need. Uh, but Jarrett Allen, if you have a surplus of big men and you need some wings, uh, I would I would offer a Jarrett Allen for Mikel Bridges. I think that could get it done. Uh, I think it actually could help both fantasy managers. It's definitely not an insult to the trade. Um, and so I think that Jared Allen for Mikel Bridges would be uh, lines up quite nice. The only thing I would do there is I'd I'd rather wait to trade Allen after a few better games. He's a little bit of a sell lowish right now, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I see that. Um, all right, give me that last sell high. All right, I want uh, you to. I really want you to piss someone off with this one too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I have it in me today. You oh, know, good, I, good. I, the last few shows, uh, I, I, uh, I got the people all agitated. Um, <laughs> my Alperin Sengun talk. Uh, yeah, well, you but, look kind of smart on that one right now. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, I, I, I will talk about one of my favorite basketball players to watch right now. I absolutely um, love the way he plays the game. Um, he's been, in my opinion... <laughs> the best player on the team. And that's Andrew Wiggins of the Warriors. Um, (laughs) I knew it had to be a warrior. There was going to be a warrior in there somewhere. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. So Wiggins is just, he's performing extremely well. Uh, I I just don't see it lasting. Um, I mean, the defensive stats are not going to be at two steals and over a block a game the whole season. They're going to come down. Um, 
I, I think the rebounds actually might be somewhat sustainable. So I'm not going to say that that will decrease, um, but I could see his percentage slipping a bit. Uh, his free throw percent, even at 70%, I could see that slipping based on watching him last year. Um, so, and the turnovers at 0.3, I don't think that'll last. Uh, I actually am not even sure that he can average over 20 points a game on this team with as many options as they have. I think he's going through a really hot stretch to start the year. Um, I don't think you could sell him uh, for like an equivalent second round type, uh, but I would definitely like if you could sell an Andrew Wiggins for Mikel Bridges, I would do that um, if, if you could make that happen. Yeah, I actually I like that one a lot. You gave us a, a matched pair on today's show. I think you can aim for guys that uh, are even like in the 50 some odd range now. Um, and I know people are going to I actually think this might piss some people off because there's going to be a belief that Wiggins is just magically transformed into a new player. But like. We've, we've seen this before. In fact, I think it was like the first five games when he got moved to the Warriors. He was canning a crap ton of threes and was like, oh my God, who's this guy? And then all of a sudden, slowly but surely, he sort of settled back into that between 80 and 115 range because the defensive stats taper off and the field goal percent tapers off and threes taper off and everything just slowly comes back down and the turnovers are not going to be at .3 for an entire year. Uh, but I agree with you. I, th I mean, I think you can get a pretty good return on Wiggins right now. Um, let me, let, let's do a, a little bit of a lightning round. I'm going to pull some names that are currently in that like 50 ish range and see if you think Wiggins would get them back to you. Um, do you think you could get Devin Vassell for Wiggins? Uh, yes. Yeah. I think you might be able to too. Um, do you think you could get Jared Vanderbilt for him? I think you could. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Even more so than Vassell on that one. Do you think you could get Brunson? Which is funny. He's lower ranked, but I feel like he would be harder to get. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that one would be the toughest of the three, uh, but it is not an, an insult of, of an offer by any means. What about Jared Allen, who you talked about as a, as a guy you could move away? Would you consider buying think, on him? Uh, I it mm, That one, you got me, Dan. I don't. That one I'm totally on the fence. I know I said that you could get Mikel Bridges for him, so why wouldn't I say that you could get Jared Allen for him if you could get Jared Allen for Mikel Bridges? <laughs> I caught you uh, in an infinite loop. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I have to intent. say yes, I guess. I'm sorry, man. That wasn't my intent there. <laughs> That's like a botched transitive property game here on today's episode. Of yeah, it was, it, you know what that was? That was a dirty loop. That was... <laughs> That's a dirty loop for Dirty Steve. Oh, man. Oh, hey, it's Buy Low, Sell High Wednesday with Dirty Steve Vinovich. My man, dude, he's the director of content here at Sports Ethos. I'm going to let you get back to uh, editing 9,000 blurbs and articles. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like my day. Follow him on social media. Steve, I'll talk to you in a week. Sounds great. I got to tell you guys, not nearly enough of you have checked out ThriveFantasy.com so far. And I know this because my buddy Scott over there is like, hey, there's been a few folks that have come through, but not that many are playing yet. Go play. Win money. It's prop bets. And our team of DFS experts here at Sports Ethos are literally giving you answers to the questions. 
Right now, by the way, if you go to thrivefantasy.com, they've got a fortune wheel, so you can spin to win additional bonuses which is what you can get uh, on top of using our promo code over there, which is just Ethos. Some of the bonuses you can win, $5 credit, uh, on a bonus spin, by the way. You can get a 100% deposit match, which we can get on our promo. Uh, you probably want to win the free cash. So spin the wheel, see if you can win some free money. Our promo code, Ethos, gets you a deposit match up to $250. That doesn't mean you have to put in $250, which maybe is something that scared you off on a previous ad read. It just means if you wanted to, they would match you. And if you follow our DFS experts, if you follow our wagering experts, you're going to win that money back and then some. The beauty of the deposit match is you're getting a two-for-one, effectively. Put in 100 bucks, that gives you $200 to play with. So even if you lost the first, even if you went like 50-50, you would, instead of losing half of your money, you'd just be losing the bonus money. And if you win at all over 50%, which is a pretty cool thing, you end up profiting on that first 200 bucks. Think about that again. I like, I want to get into the math on this just for a second, and then we're going to get back to the fantasy stuff. Normally... When you're playing these things, if you win one and then you lose one, you probably end up down a tiny bit because of VIG and things like that. Normally, you have to win ever so slightly more than that to make sure you cover the VIG, basically the, the cost you pay to play. If you win a quarter of the time, so lose three, win one, you would be down effectively. And let's say you were doing uh, four bets. You put in 100 bucks, you did four bets. You won one up to 125, and then you lost three. That took you down to 50. So winning a quarter of the time on your initial bet, you drop half of it. This is what I should have said the first time around. If you win a quarter of the time on your bet with the deposit match bonus, you actually just end up at your, your regular deposit. So you can win a quarter of the time if you're making four bets on your money and uh, you don't end up down at all. However, let's say you're putting in 100 bucks, so now you're playing with 200 because of the deposit match. If you win 50% of the time there, so win 50, win 50, lose 50, lose 50, and the VIG, you're now up because you've played with your bonus and you ended up basically break even just slightly lower than that. But that bonus is now cash you won you played it you're up by the bonus so you don't even have to win 50 percent of the time and you can still be up at the end of playing with your bonus bucks that's the power of the deposit match i don't think i made that clear enough in my previous ad reads go to thrivefantasy.com promo code is ethos or follow any of the links that we post about it go get started listen to our dfs guys they'll give you the prop bets to play so you can win some cash and have some fun in the process thrivefantasy.com prop up or download the app and play today. That was our good buddy, Steven Vitovich, director of content at Sports Ethos. We got to blow up his social media. It's time. It's time. I, uh, I spend way too much time on social, and it's time that I force this down the throat of the rest of these dudes. Um, again, he is at Stefan Vitovich on Twitter. We'll tag him in everything so you can find that. Uh, I am at Dan Vespers on social media. We continue to do all sorts of crap over there. So I would once again say, if you're listening to this show and you're on Twitter, you got to follow me, us. If you're not, 
strongly recommend signing up and just following a select few things because too much happens quickly during the season for you to wait 24 hours for your fantasy NBA news. It's just not a good idea. Ethos Fantasy BK is the Twitter handle for uh, our parent organization of sports ethos. Quick look back at a Tuesday card that didn't have a whole lot of storylines in it, just four games. Uh, for Detroit, Jalen Duran, 23 minutes. I know his line wasn't that great, but the 23 minutes is a really good number for him. That's more than enough to get the job done. So he remains a solid hold in that first one. Uh, DeLon Wright tweaked a hammy. He's officially questionable for their next ball game. Uh, was on his way again to another excellent game in his per-minute stuff. I, I just, I really want him to overtake Monte Morris at some point this year. I don't think it's going to happen Certainly with Wright out, if he does miss time, Morris gets a bump. Monty's been pretty boring so far. Will Barton had a, a better game because Bradley Beal left briefly and then came back. He was dealing with some back tightness. Hopefully that doesn't lock up on him. If it does, then maybe you take a shot on Barton. I just, I mean, you Will Barton, sometimes, oftentimes, I should say, does more to hurt you than he does to help you. So uh, generally leaving that one alone. Only other footnote on this game is that if Kristaps Porzingis ever has to miss any time, Daniel Gafford would become very interesting. He's really the only center they want to use on this team besides KP. Porzingis was in foul trouble in this one, and it was also a blowout, so they were able to keep the minutes down a bit. He only played 25. Gafford got 20, and in 20 minutes, Gafford is inside the top 100. Historically, that's where he's been. Anything over that is beyond gravy it's better than gravy it's like gravy with little flakes of gold in it nine points five boards couple of blocks for gafford give him another five or six minutes on top of that and he's inside the top 60 top 70 range but again right now he's not an ad he's a guy to just throw on your watch list and just know that if we ever get word porzingis is chilling for a night gafford is your one night super stream or if kp misses a couple of games well not good for us because we have porzingis in a lot of spots but uh, good if you're streaming Daniel Gafford. We were wondering for a data point on New Orleans with different guys out. This ended up being argue, maybe too many guys out to get a great idea, other than Trey Murphy, who's a very obvious stream anytime Brandon Ingram is out. But we also had Zion out in this ballgame. And then interestingly, New Orleans, I thought Jonas Valanciunas would get a little extra opportunity when Zion wasn't playing. But he didn't because the Mavs were just a little bit too fast. So Larry Nance got a few extra minutes. They went small for a stretch. It was a kind of a weird box score for the Pelicans overall. They got the win, so that'll work. Jose Alvarado got off to a really quick start and then slowed down because he bumped into the starting lineup at point guard. It shifted McCollum up to shooting guard, and he had a very bad shooting game, but he had 11 assists. So it was just all kinds of weird. Dyson Daniels had four defensive stats. Like, there was just too much going on here for me to convincingly say that if this scenario happened again, these are the players you should use other than Trey Murphy, who's the very obvious if P then Q result of an Ingram injury. What I'd also like to know is what happens if Zion's out and Ingram is back? What does that mean for the Pels? Do they go small? Does that help Murphy still? Or does it help, say, Devontae Graham, who played 27 minutes, or Alvarado? We don't have that data point. We have the data point of everybody out, which is this one. And we have the data point of Ingram missing most of the previous game, where Trey Murphy got a big bump. But we don't know what happens if Zion misses a game, but Ingram is in. Note on the Mavericks side, 
Dorian Finney-Smith is going to get dropped if he hasn't already to waivers. That's a guy to put on your watch list because the moment that he figures out what his place is on this team, he likely becomes a top 90 fantasy guy, which I know is not super exciting. And a lot of that's going to be low turnovers and some efficiency and like a little bit and a bunch of different things, but it's useful. Maybe more so in Roto than head to head, uh, but he's also quite durable. Right now, he's not rosterable. He's been horrible so far this year, but he's a starting power forward playing big time starters minutes. No one's coming for his gig. Just right now, you're seeing a ton of Luka, uh, a ton of Christian Wood, and then you got a big chunk of Spencer Dinwiddie in that ballgame yesterday as well. But at some point, Dorian Finney-Smith is going to carve out his spot on this team, and when that happens, we should just be sort of semi-ready for it. Clippers rested everybody. Kawhi Leonard had some stiffness in his knee, which I'd love to just brush off as someone who has a couple of Kawhis on his teams, but that actually is kind of frightening for me. Uh, just wait it out. Let's make sure that this is not going to be a massive thing. They're going to be super careful with him. Hopefully he gets back in and does his, you know, low twenties and we can kind of start the ramp up again. But if this turns out to be something worse, uh, you'll see the Clippers season kind of blow up at that point. Uh, Paul George was out with an illness and that allowed another real wacky do box score. If Zubats had seven blocks, he played 35 minutes because Marcus Morris was also out, so, like, the Clippers just didn't have anybody. They couldn't push Batum up to center because then they wouldn't have had enough guys to play power forward. Ivica Zubac is a huge sell high. He's not going to be in the 40s over the course of the year. He's not going to block this many shots over the course of the year, but the fates have conspired to this point to give him a really good avenue through four games. Some of that's the Kawhi stuff. Some of it's the Paul George stuff. Some of it's the Marcus Moore stuff. And yeah, these types of things are going to be happening throughout the year. So, you know, there is, I think I said it on like Monday's show, there's a little bit more upside with Zubats this year than I realized simply because of injury and the lack of a real backup center. But at the same time, if the Clippers ever get their guys into the lineup, he becomes marginalized quickly. So do what you can here. Also of note, uh, Robert Covington played 21 minutes. You guys know I love Rob Covington. He's just in a terrible spot right now. And we saw last year with the Clippers, he can sort of do fantasy stuff in 21, 22 minutes on this team, and he did it in this ball game. It's really hard to trust a dude uh, who doesn't really do anything on offense, who's only playing 20, 21 minutes and doesn't rebound a ton. But, you know, keep an eye on it. I don't think he needs to be on rosters right now. I don't think that any of these guys besides Zubats, need to be on a roster. John Wall relegated to backup duties in this one. Reggie Jackson played more minutes, and he had his horrible field goal percent thing. Norman Powell is just all sorts of goofy, although you know, if Kawhi really does have to miss a bunch of time, that might finally give Powell, I don't know, a little confidence or certainly a runway. On the other side, uh, Shea played and went crazy. He's been amazing so far this year. The bigger story, I think, is Trey Mann, who got 24 shots in this game. And yes, Josh Giddy was out, so that gave him a little bit more opportunity. But if they're going to start turning Mann loose, you know, we're finally seeing someone else on this team playing starters-level minutes. Aaron Wiggins got 28 minutes. He's another guy to keep an eye on. I don't think you have to pick him up. Mann, you probably need to add after that ballgame, because if it sticks and he goes full starter mode, that'll be enough, despite some inefficiencies. So Trey Mann is an add. Uh, Wiggins is a watch list on that side, and everything else is just a mostly leave it alone. Phoenix blew out the Warriors. 
Suns trying to shake off some of this weird early season malaise. Chris Paul was a bit better in this ballgame. Finally took a few shots. Actually made a bunch of three-pointers in a weird twist. Devin Booker's been great so far this year. Mikel Bridges had his first good game of the season. Perhaps a sign of things to come. Jock Landale had 17-7 and and uh, kind of outplayed DeAndre Ayton for stretches. Ayton was in foul trouble if you're looking for reasonings. But Landale was a plus 27 and Ayton was a plus 2. So, something to chew on. I don't think that's flipping anytime soon. They just gave Aiton a ton of money, but I don't think that they're opposed to trading him either. Doesn't seem like he really wants to be there. Now, if they win a ton of ball games, they'll probably just let it ride. But if things stay kind of weird in Phoenix, keep an eye on Landale. You don't have to do anything with it right now. We're just looking at data points. And the best news out of Phoenix, Cam Johnson, who had an absolute dog do of a ball game, but played 33 minutes that's what we've been looking for. That means his hip is good enough to go starters minutes. He's not going to go two for four at the foul line and three for 11 from the field. Most ball games is a very good free throw shooter. So, uh, I mean, if you adjust for normalcy, which again, I think you can basically do when you think about law of averages and things like that, he probably goes five for 11 in the long term in a game like this. He probably goes more like four for four, three and a half out of four at the free throw line long term. And he probably gets a steal. So suddenly now you're talking about, I don't know, 15 to 16 points, two threes, five boards, two assists, maybe a steal. That's a top 80 type guy. That's the dude that people were drafting. And the minutes are all that I care about. So I'll throw my own buy low on this mix after seeing that number yesterday. Uh, I'll probably talk a little bit more about that on social media as well if we're trying to come up with kind of a matched pair on Cam Johnson. But a lot of folks might look at the results right now as opposed to how we got to that point. And that is what's so important about handicapping for fantasy. Cam Johnson is number 155, but he's shooting 39% from the field. He's made two out of four free throws on the year, which all of them happened yesterday. He hasn't gotten many defensive stats. Uh, and he's And he was only playing 23 minutes a game before yesterday, 24 minutes a game. So... Like, you look at a guy who's ranked 155 in 9-cat, someone might be annoyed by that, but what we just got in last night's game is the first look at full starters minutes Cam Johnson, which is 11 or 12 shots, most likely, maybe more, more than one free throw, or more than zero free throws. He'll get a steal, he'll get half a block, he'll get a couple three-pointers. Someone might not be looking at the overall and instead looking at the micro, and that's where maybe we can take advantage of that. Thank you to Steve Vinovich once again for popping on here on Wednesday with some buy lows and sell highs. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Back tomorrow. Remember, Thursdays, 11 a.m. Pacific time, live on YouTube with the great Aaron Bruski, and then we'll put that show out on in podcast form afterwards. I hope you'll join us on the live side, though. At Dan Vespers on Twitter. I'll talk to you over on social media. Have a great day, everybody. So long.